Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 314 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, uh, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our um, Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice. Hello, I'm, I'm, where are, I'm, oh, that's, I'm doing CG things tonight, aren't I? Yes, you are. Uh, we also have, uh, as a, a contributor, our inflatable pipe cleaner, that's Mac Wangston. Hello. And Mac, you can Winston. clean my pipes anytime, lovey. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and helping us, and, and we'd like to welcome Chris Mark Four uh, as our new tech gibbon for, for this evening, oh, um, wow. who is under the watchful eye of good old Commandant Ventura. <laughs> so if you wish, you can join us live. Um, ben, are you flying around the CG tonight? I'm doing the tradey CG at the moment, yes. So, um, if anybody would like to to um, try and claim a bounty on Ben, feel free and let us know. <laughs> just paint a, just paint a target on your back there. Um, but if you can't get to us in game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat, or go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio, or we're running on YouTube and we're running on Facebook tonight. So. Um, well, quickly run around the crew, see how they've been for the last week or so. So, Commander Shan, how have you been this week? Well, playing, get playing Elite. I've done very little really at all because um, it's all been, it's all go in the Shan household. Uh, let me see. Um, the youngest Mini Shan, uh, he has been offered a chance to go and do P Company uh, as part of his uh, time in the army. And for people who's not aware, P Company is a prelude to um special forces so he's been offered the chance to do that in the new year uh eldest mini shan the the not so special service forces then i guess it's prerequisite for for doing stuff like powers and stuff like that um anyway so eldest mini shan is um the raf recruitment side has kicked up again so he's getting ready to uh embark on officer training and um, so sort of together, we're becoming one of Britain's deadliest families because uh, youngest Mini Shang can get them on land. Well, no, no, this is how it works, you see, because youngest Mini Shang can get them on the ground. Eldest Mini Shang can blow them out of the sky. I can talk them to death. And Mr. Shang's cooking can deliver the coup de grace. So, you know, it's done. So <laughs> it's, it's so nice to know that your, your children are trained killers. <laughs> Yes, it fills me with pride. It does. <laughs> ben, what have you been up to this week then? Uh, I've been. Oh, actually, well, I've been doing the CG as I've been mentioning already. Uh, but I've I've actually gone off and taken a bit of a blast of the past, and I've been playing uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. So that's proven a lot of fun. Um, I, I do think San Andreas is probably the best GTA. Especially of that series, um, you know the the whole GTA San Andreas Vice City and things like that, and GT Three obviously. Mm-hmm. San Andreas had a lot of very very special things in it, um, and I'm I'm just loving playing through that storyline again. Um, apart from that, I've been locked up in my bedroom. 
And not in a good way, unfortunately. Have you been self-isolating, have you? Or? Well, I'm just basically avoiding contact with everybody because, you know, you all smell. Or um, rather, you've been told to avoid contact with everybody. Well, I, I've not been told, but I just... You know, Birmingham's on stage three lockdown. Rotherham's on stage three lockdown. I'm just wrapping myself up in a bubble and stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how things are up north as well. So, yeah. handing over to Mac, who's in a in a in a COVID safe zone, I believe it is. Yes, but I'm also in quarantine too because we went to England. <laughs> You went what to England. What do you want to do that for? Well, we, we had to do some maintenance. We had to do a inspection on a plane. So we had to take it to England, spend a week there, spend a week basically getting oily and fiddling with aeroplanes. And then we came back, at which point we have to self-isolate for two weeks. And I'm in my second week of that. And I'll be let out on Saturday afternoon, afternoon, I believe. Or was it, is it Sunday afternoon, one or the other? So, yeah, um, other than that, uh, I've been flying a Sidewinder, mm. uh, and I have been delivering slow, painful, and incredibly humiliating deaths to my NPC adversaries. The East India Company is in, currently in four simultaneous wars, so we're being extremely busy, and I've been, I've been trying desperately to win a low CZ in a Sidewinder. Uh, it hasn't quite happened yet. The, tr- the trouble is, it takes so long to kill anything in a sidewinder but with the um with the engineered thrusters the enhanced thrusters you are so fast and maneuverable hardly anything can actually turn around and shoot at you so you can just sit on the tail of whatever it is you're shooting at and you sit there listening to warning taking heat damage as you pound it with your rail guns uh, and you deliver them a very slow and very painful and very humiliating death um yeah anyway this is all research for sagittarius i by the way there there is there is a good reason why i have engineered a sidewinder um and actually it shows the stock difference the the um the the stock sidewinder is terrible i got ganked in it twice in desiat the first bit of engineering i did was i went to desiat um to get the enhanced thrusters because they're sold by and she was the Farsi was the nearest to me and uh, she sells the uh, enhanced thrusters. So I got gank once on my way in and I got gank once actually at Farsi's. Anyway, when I came back a second time to because I just needed one level of engineering on my power plant, which also uh, they do at Farsi. So yeah, I just need uh, level one. Um, what is it? Enhancement, yeah. Yeah, the, the one that gives you more power, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually interdicted by the notorious commander Neotantrix, who basically now could no longer actually keep up with me because I was rapidly receding into the distance. Um, and the sidewinder being so well, the other thing I do is I pop off a heat sink, which makes you call you disappear off radar then when you go cold. So they have to acquire a tiny ship visually that is receding extremely quickly. And I I think he might have hit me with a single shot, and it wasn't enough to even take a ring of shields off. So before I was out of range. So he was uh anyway. <laughs> that was that, that, I, I that shows the difference between an unengineered uh, just a stock signed one and one which you've got now got grade five dirty drives on the enhanced thrusters. It will do about 
I think seven hundred. It's not the fastest ship, but it's it's up there. Pretty, it's pretty close. Seven hundred twenty-five. I think it does. But it will outrun most ganker vessels, won't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so is that what you've been doing in your isolation? Yes. Um, I've I've also been flying my crate because I, we need to seriously win some of these conflict zones. So when I need to actually go out and win one, I join one of our mm. wings and we go in and we just. It, it's amazing how quick we can clear out a high CZ when we're in a wing of four and we've all got our uh, horribly beweaponed ship. Most most of the others are flying Imperial Corvettes, uh, but I, I prefer to fly crates. As part of your, sorry, just talking about the isolation thing. So have you been like uh, getting your baseball mitt and throwing the ball against it, like catching it? And then, oh, like the what? What's his name? The Great Escape? No. Yeah, and then you'll escape a motorbike and completely fail to jump a fence. <laughs> and a motorcycle that turns from one model into another. I mean, my dad told me what it changes into, but I can't remember now. But apparently, the motorcycle changes make and model mid-flight. Um, well, trust someone from the Isle of Man to know about motorbikes. <laughs> But other than that, I've also been fiddling with my anten- my radio antennas as well while in out when in ice. Oh, and I got a new game. I got uh, Derail Valley, um, which is a train game, a virtual reality train game, uh, which is kind of the uh, catastrophic failure of train games because it's um, it models the crashes. I haven't crashed yet, but it, uh, I, looking at the trailers, it models them very well. Which forced me to get the um, Oculus Touch controllers, which I never had. So I, the only game I really play in VR is is Elite, and very occasionally X Plane. So um, yeah, I got I got I finally broke down and got the Touch controllers uh, to play Derail Valley. Which once you get the hang of the controls, it's it's actually pretty good. It's it's quite natural, but it, it took. It took a while of phasing through stuff and dropping stuff, and because you know you can pick up objects and drop them, uh, sort of unintentionally dropping stuff and unintentionally pressing the wrong thing uh, before I got the hang of it. But it's 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 quite good once you get the hang of it. Right. Well, um, let's have a quick look at what I've been up to. Um, I'm put power play on the back burner because I'm now at ninety seven percent deadly. Uh, and I, I just need, so let's see, 32, 48, 48 Thargoid Scouts to get triple elite. So I am, uh, I'm almost there, but what I'm doing an hour. Yeah, I know what I am thinking of doing is actually getting to 99 and then remodeling my, uh, crate Mark two, just to try and solo as many Thargoid interceptors as possible. And see, because I'd like to get triple elite while taking out a Thargoid interceptor. I think that's the that's that's going to be the best way to do it. I, I think you should do your remaining kills in Iron Man mode. No, <laughs> no, no, and no again. Um, it's just because I know exactly exactly what will happen was. Um, <laughs> is that all of a sudden I'll get hunted down by I don't know a certain shenanigans commander, won't I? So you know, no, no, because you can you can use my carrier for safety. Oh, of course, for safety is that what you call it? Is sort of the <laughs> this is a safety stab in the back? Yes, I'm quite sure. <laughs> in friendship, <laughs> it's friendship stab in the back. Um, yes, yeah, it's called the Michael Gove. It's called the Michael Gove. 
<laughs> is that what you're gonna? Is that what you call your carrier, the Michael Gove? <clears throat> Sorry, British politics, uh, gentlemen. Well, we'll talking about Michael Gove, have you guys been watching uh, Spitting Image? Yes. Uh, I, I absolutely creased myself at Govey in Paris. That sketch that they did. Um, I, oh, I, 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 really I like the Greta Thunberg. I, I like the Greta Thunberg. Hot. <laughs> right. Well. Now that we've all caught up with the crew, let's find out what's been happening with the development news this week. Well, the the most important thing to mention at this present time is welcome to Free Horizons Day. Today, um, we'd like to welcome the two million-ish or so commanders who now have access uh, to Horizons that they never had before. Um so far, the Buckyball Racing Club has already asked who wants an SRV race. Uh, and they've re-released the Horizons trailer uh, just to show the additional things that are available. Um, so, if you had already bought Horizons at this point, you get these wonderful Azure paint jobs on every single ship, which probably would cost the equivalent of how much Horizons uh, was at... I'd imagine they'd be, what, 2,000 arcs each or something like that. Yep. Maybe, you know, how much is it for solid colour ones? This is, yeah. Arcs and something, aren't they? Yeah, they're about 1,500, aren't they? It's not actually solid, uh, solid colour. It's, it's, it's kind of got a nice sheen to it as well. Um, but, you know, you are 38 ships plus three fighters. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the equivalent. It's more than three fighters, six fighters. Yeah, but you don't, you don't get color schemes for the the three uh, for the three guardian fighters. No. See, I, I count the engines and the lasers for those. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting Xbox alerts from my son, who's who's really kicking it out in squadrons. I do apologise. Right. <laughs> what? Do, whoever he shoots down, Colin's, Colin is really sorry for the actions of his son. No, he's, I'm not. I'm proud. I'm proud of him. He's yeah, At the moment, he's got a higher... How old rate. is he? He's, he's 13, and he's got a higher rated X-Wing pilot than me. I've, I've got to really... <laughs> get to it All right, um, so basically, when he starts raging and swearing loudly, he'll be You'll be proud of him, saying just like Dad. What? What do you mean? Starts? He's starthead. <laughs> oh, so was it like Kevin in in Harry Enfield? <laughs> I, I I will not say a word because. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I don't. I, I don't know about you, Colin, but you know, I also have a thirteen-year-old son, and I swear he turned into a teenager at least two years ago. <laughs> So, what did everybody think of uh, Free Horizons Day? We had, we had um, updates on s- the the system was down for a little while um, as as updates came in, but um, seems to be pretty seamless. Um, I have there was a glitch there, wasn't there? Oh, there was that about the fleet carriers. No, about the the Horizons. Frontier what? accidentally gave it away a couple of weeks ago early while they were testing it. If that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. They, they they gave it away for. Um, uh, someone noticed that they could actually get to Horizons for about an hour, didn't they? Um, but at the moment, I do think there is a report that there is something wrong with fleet carriers, but not every fleet carrier and Frontier are aware of the issue and are looking into it. So not a complete and utter um, 
bug-free release, uh, as it always seems to be the way, but um, it seems to be pretty stable for the hour, hour and a half I've played already today. So, Yeah, Colin, I think we need to test this fleet carrier bug. So if you and Ben <laughs> block my carrier, we can test it. I'm sorry, Sean, I'm nowhere near you. I'm not. I'm nowhere. I'm going nowhere near the Venus flytrap. Well, the nice thing about fleet carriages is they can move, Ben. So it's a system. This is where I'm glad that Chris is actually unable to find my stream today, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, according to Kaizen, Frontier fixed the fleet carrier issue uh, at one p.m. Yeah. So that's that's already. It should be plain sailing from now on. It's just that Shan's basically trying to lure us into a sleep carrier. I told you, I am nice. I'm one of the nicest players in the galaxy and the most helpful. And you lot just keep piling it on from last week. Mm-hmm. So, says Commander Scorpio there. And last, yeah. yeah. Fool me once, Shan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fool me ten times. It's like, yeah, not quite sure about this now. So, meanwhile, just dragging everybody back to the free horizons. Um, as anybody, I, I take it everybody else here is is quite happy with it, even though I think <laughs> we are all the ones that uh, this doesn't apply to. I think yeah, it's I mean, completely needed, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about... Frontier have the numbers, I don't. I suspect anybody who was going to buy uh, Horizons has already bought Horizons. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not exactly going to be losing a lot by by giving it away, and it means they're basically everyone's on the same starting block for Odyssey when it comes out. Makes so much sense, and it's what I've been saying. Frontier should be doing for their rolling season of updates. Yeah, pretty much yeah. I th I think we called it earlier. I'm sure we've discussed it before, and we said they've got to roll it in because oh, otherwise it's becoming. Yeah, yeah, it's going to become an unmaintainable something. Yeah. So, yeah, we called it. Here. Yeah, you have to because to think about it, if you didn't buy Horizons but brought Odyssey, you would, you know, it'd be a bit so weird, wouldn't it? How could you land on the planet so that the the planet re uh, landing suite? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I did notice is that they have still actually kept the separate instance of Elite Dangerous itself. So that if you need to, if you get stuck on the planet, you can load the old version of Elite Dangerous and thus be a backup in orbit. I'm pleased about that because it was it was it was very useful sometimes to uh, be able to, to jump in orbit without having yeah. to uh, destroy your SRV because you got yourself stuck somewhere. There is a service called the Kingfishers, by the way, and had that gone away, it would have actually given them a. That I know they exist because it's fun, presumably, but it would give them an actual practical reason to exist had that option go away. It might still go away with, of course, with uh, when Odyssey actually finally drops. Mm -hmm. And also, I'd be curious to see what the planet rendering is if you load non horizons now. Is it because if, if certainly in the past, if you loaded non horizons, the yeah. planets would be the old 1.0 style, the landable planets, which you can't land on if you're. Not in horizons with the old 1.0 style uh, textures, rather than the the sort of generated planetary surfaces. So I'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if that's changed. Hmm. I thought they now choose the same textures on all models on all versions of the game. To be honest, 
they they might do now, but they certainly didn't. I mean, certainly when I've used uh, this morning, non- they worked. You know, this morning everything was the same. Every every everything was different. So, because you know, a big part of Horizon's difference is it's a different rendering engine, and it uses compute shaders and things like that. Mm. Um, which is why you know. So which is why the Mac version didn't work. And well, that's why the Mac version didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think. I feel there is definitely a market for. I'm playing this on my piece of shit computer, and I really can't play Horizons, but I can get out and fly around. So just give me the base thing with all the 2013 graphics, and I'll accept it. Um, I hope they have kept that, um, though. I haven't tested it, so I can. I could actually go and test that if you want, Mac. Yes, that would be interesting to see. I, I will go and I will go and do that then. Uh, and I've got the lovely Azure paint job as well now as well. Yes. As well? Yes, I, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Uh, no comment. I'm not one to uh, to criticise someone else's mangling of the English language. <laughs> right. Um, in other news, um, well, obviously today's stream did not happen uh, because they were uh, they used the excuse that um, basically they were very busy ruling in Horizons. Um, however, I have a sneaking suspicion that it's mostly because um, on Thursday, Stephen and Bruce went and did some CQC and a certain <clears throat> commander, Phoenix Defire, kicked Stephen's bookie so bad that I, he's suffering, suffering from severe shame. So, it's just a bit like my sidewinder delivering humiliating defeats to NPCs. Something along that line, yes. <laughs> See, I think we need to get Stephen on here again to for some real trash talking between you and you and him. Colin. Well, I, I don't know. I think Stephen should actually rename his uh, his commander commander ba- uh, barn door because he certainly can't hit it. Oh, listen at it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think that the gauntlet has now been thrown down to Stephen. <sighs> it, it, I must admit, I did enjoy the stream on on Thursday, but I think there was. <laughs> I think I don't think Stephen and Bruce did. Uh, Are you just pleased because you actually managed to shoot something? Well, first of all, I'm I'm pleased I actually managed to get into a CQC match, and it went straight away, which was great. Anyway. So, so you think that? So, I just want to pick up on something you said, Colin. It, it's not an excuse. Frontier don't do excuses; they give reasons. Oh, they give reasons. Oh, I do apologise. <laughs> right. Um, just looking through some of the texts that we're getting at the moment. Um, next up, with the Halloween stuff is now in store. We have a whole list of bobbleheads and uh, new cockpit lights which all seem to uh, have a a halloween theme to them uh, what, what do you guys think of this they're okay if that's your sort of thing um i, I do remember buying the halloween set a few years ago because the i i used the rip and tear decal and you you have that in like a uh, a red and if you put that on your Shipworn's fighter, it kind of looks like a glowy claw mark, which is quite cool. Some of the other ones I thought were quite tacky. I mean, like the witch's head and I don't know, it's not my thing, but I like the uh, the rip and tear one because that looks quite cool. I must admit, I like I the fact that those ones are as well. Go on, Ben. 
Sorry, I was going to say go on column, but okay. Uh, I like the fact that some of them are, are emissive textures, so I think the rip one glows orange, doesn't it, Shan? It does, yeah. yeah. But it's very cool on a fighter. Yeah. I could put it on my Imperial Courier. Oh, no, that's like sticking a raspberry on an iPhone or an Apple. That's just like... <laughs> what, in your fruit-based media device? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of... Uh, yeah. I think I think Imperial ships should be simple and elegant and things like that. I don't think they should be tacky-fied. Well, mine currently... You would probably approve of mine right now because it currently has the... Uh, what is it? The Black Friday paint job, which is absolutely midnight black and matte. It's very nice on a courier. Um, but it also has the onion head decals. Mm-hmm. You had you had me thinking, oh, that's quite cool. Up until you started the onion head thing. Ah, but it is our product. Yeah. Well, just to let people in the chat room know, um, because because we're going out on Twitch as well. This is actually a recording from uh, the podcast for for a, the the Live Radio uh, podcast. Uh, just to let you know, we probably don't. We we only pick up questions uh once in a while because we're, we've got our own show notes but um you're quite welcome to listen and uh we we do take feedback and uh insults mostly insults uh off, especially off the, ben ben really likes insults if you can insult ben as much as possible you'll make him really happy yeah i know it, it, it's it's his part of his personality matrix it's personality matrix where did i come back from <laughs> He's made by serious cybernetics with a genuine people personality. (laughs) (laughs) They put put the horny circuit instead instead of the depressed one. (laughs) As opposed to working well. Oh, God. Um, Was it human-cyborg relations or something? The serious uh, cybernetics marketing department who were the first against the war when the revolution came. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And whose motto was, go stick your head in a pig. Ah. So, David Cameron. Conservative parties. <laughs> David Cameron, wasn't it? Oh <laughs> yes. uh, dear! So the Hitchhiker's Guide is coming out left, right, and centre now, um, and uh, for which we do not apologise in any way whatsoever, um, apart <laughs> from the film. We oh, apologise greatly for the Hitchhiker's film. No, I actually enjoyed that film. I really did enjoy that film. Because I, I thought that the, uh, especially going to the planet of Golga Frenchman was quite funny. Yeah, it needs to be a original radio version. Well, actually, the BBC series wasn't too bad. Well, uh, what was that, Ben? You, you, you went quiet. Sorry, I agree. I agree with the BBC series one. That was good. <laughs> right. Well, then uh, this is an interesting little piece of news, and I, I hope you've all got your tinfoil hats for this, but. Um, they announced that there was going to be a rather large downtime on Thursday, five hours. Normally the downtime on a Thursday, which handles most of the ticks and things like that, that normally just takes about half an hour, maybe an hour at the most. But they've put in a five-hour downtime. Now, obviously this is going to be a little bit more than just your average server tick, server maintenance window long lunch break 
yeah. Christmas dinner. It's a Christmas meal. It's frontier Christmas meal. And they don't want anyone around, so they'll take the server down so they can go out or have their takeaway turkey and Christmas dinner, and then they'll take it back up again. Okay. That, that's a oh, good... I'd like to go on a Christmas dinner, takeaway turkey, things like that. Well, in October. I thought they're still having... Well, that that as well, but I thought they're also still all work, mostly working from home. Yeah. yeah but it doesn't mean that they can't take a four-hour lunch break, does it? Probably waiting on the community to send them pizza again. Oh, we, we got banned <laughs> from doing that, didn't we? They did ask us to well, pizza. We got requested not to. Yes. Mostly, I think everybody was worried about the weight. <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it is quite a long time for it. Uh, maybe they're preloading some Odyssey assets. That'd be nice. Um, that would be very stupid. Or maybe they're uploading the Thargoid Hive ship. Imagine that suddenly appearing in game. That would be if, fun. They're yeah. certainly doing something to the database that's going to be down that long, and so, something that needs to touch an awful lot of records in the database. Oh no, more arcs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I had the thought about the Thargoid High Ship. Imagine if the Thargoid High Ship could actually destroy fleet carriers. So one turns up in a system and everybody with a fleet carrier has got a, I don't know, 12 hours to move their carrier. Otherwise, it's destroyed. I just thought, oh, the salt. Or would that be like the uh, Shadow Planet Killer? In yeah. Five? I think that would be great. See, I mean, I know people are getting excited about the content they're adding, but as uh, as Matt said, it could be just something through the database. Let's say, for example, they are having to adjust the database to add in these first footfall field or something like that to the exploration database. Because that is that is huge. So if they're adding fields and generally optimizing it, getting ready, mm-hmm. then you know it could be uh, something as mundane as that. Yeah, that's quite true, especially when you've got huge data sets and all of a sudden you make a one change to that huge data set. That's, yeah, it, it'll take the database quite a while to, to recover, won't it? Uh, thinking about all those car plant databases we had to so make changes. I've, oh, I've gone off and done that Horizons test and it is definitely using different planetary tech Oh, right. Between Horizons and the old ED Classic one. Uh, I'll paste the links into Twitch and I've posted them in on our thing as well. But you know, it's, it's very obvious that you know, the, the planet nearest the station is it's like a white planet with pinky valleys. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Classic Elite Dangerous, yep. it's just a blue ice ball. Oh well, that's that's good to know. That is. Yeah, good I'm 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 happy about this. Hmm. Um, oh, that's that is one. And someone actually asked me the other day, and I couldn't I couldn't actually um, answer them this question. And perhaps you guys could uh, could clarify it for me. Um, as far as when Odyssey comes along, and we land on basically an Horizons planet. We still will be able to walk around in the spacesuits on the old Horizons planets, will we? Yes, I believe you will. Yeah, because I was under the impression the same, but then I just couldn't recall exactly when they said, "Oh, yeah, you'll be able to walk around the existing planets." Yes, I mean, there's no. Yeah, of course. 
you know, anything we can walk around at the moment, we can walk around in in Horizons and in Odyssey. Mm, right. Well, you know that cl- that clarifies my my confusion. <laughs> and Space Raccoon, we're not having Teletubby costumes in Odyssey. Thank you. Right. Oh, oh have, I, uh, have you guys been playing any Among Us? <laughs> <laughs> Are you on about the fact that you saw the Teletubby get out and it looks like the Among Us? You basically, yeah, you very disturbing. Chop a Teletubby in half, and that is your character in Among Us, including the lack of arms. Oh, scary. Anyway, and this is and the only... Shan would be amazing in Among Us. Well, if you just assume that Shan's the imposter anyway, and he'd be first out That's every single out. time. If they mean to me again. Opportunity to prove he's a nice guy. He could be a nice imposter and help us with our tasks. And, you know, hold the vent open for us and things like that. I'll hold the vent open for you, Ben. Exactly. Yeah, the yeah. vent into space. Check, <laughs> Colin. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't the only thing that's been happening with Elite Dangerous. The Instagram account has been getting cryptic messages um for those of you who uh, have been following uh this we have a whole load of ones and zeros which has has come out there's been what five messages so far it looks like there should be a sixth uh and we assume so but there hasn't been one yet yeah uh we, and we're assuming that because there's there's numbers that are cut in half on one of the other ones uh, and people have managed to decode it to say stones. He keeps watching the stones. Is that cor- this correct? That's the the current thinking. Yes. <laughs> um, Incidentally, a a hint that when if you see a bunch of binary or even hexadecimal, a hint that it's ASCII text is to look if the the most significant bit is zero because ASCII text the, the most significant bit's always zero. So if you see if you see a whole string of numbers where the MSB is zero, you pretty you can be pretty sure without even decoding it, you're looking at ASCII text. So you can start right there. Yeah. Well it's it's taken um the it's taken Reddit by storm, which we've put a link into and uh Basically, obviously, in Instagram, it, it's taken up and the forums. So everybody's swapping ideas left, right, and center about what this is. Um, we have possible links to Lord 26. Um, there's a Galnet post on the 25th of February, 3301, in Lord 26, about a dead sidewinder belonging to Commander Hank Stone. Uh, then there's also the generation ship Thetis, which is there, which I do believe is one of the scary ones. That's the probably the scariest thing. Um, I think uh, Chris Mark Four might have that video if you want to take a couple of minute break and play that, or we might not. I don't know. Um, tell you the truth, uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back to that um, in a bit. I just want to get the in-game events out of the way, and then we'll we'll come back to this. Uh, to the generation ship. So, yeah. The in-game events of what's been happening in Elite Dangerous, well, we've completed the Thargoid CG. All the systems were saved, and everybody's got their reward and their um, Guardian uh, booster jump drive, which is quite good. And then the Marlinist refugee situation has blown up 
E, um, or has escalated rather. Um, there are now two federal CGs, a trade and a bounty hunting ones, which are to do with the, the Marlinist um, plot lines. And the Marlinist terrorists have just wounded um, Hadrian Duval. Now, Hadrian Duval is the illegitimate great, uh, illegitimate grandson of the um, original emperor. Uh, and uh, yeah, an assassination attempt, and the Marlinist terrorists have said they intend to wipe out the Hydra that is the Duval family. So, yet again, the um, these these um, Marlinist terrorists seem to be the driving force behind uh, most of the events which are happening in Elite Dangerous at the moment. Uh, and yeah, so are they like the Lannisters then? You know this this is. This is to my embarrassment. I've never watched Game of Thrones, so I I don't have the Shame. reference. Shame. Shame. I've never watched it either. Shame. Shame. I think Colin and I are the two people in the whole world who have not watched oh. Game of Thrones. So, so if you've never seen it, you must have helped write the ending then. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the ending would have been better if George R. R. Martin had decided to actually finish writing that last book instead of just. Yeah, I think he. I think he sabotaged it because if the ending was, if the ending was going to be the same as his books, no mm. one would buy his books. So he deliberately messed the ending up so people would buy his books to find out what really happened. <laughs> At the risk of turning into the Game of Thrones podcast, I think you know if they'd spent probably two seasons getting to the end point, we'd have been all right. It was just a suddenly, hey, I'm lovely and I sh- I fart butterflies, Danny. To you're gonna all fucking die, you bitches. Oh, okay, Ben. Actually, okay. I, I, I have a segue from Game of Thrones back to Elite. If this will help. Okay, this this will be interesting. Commander Ventura also says he's never watched it. The the, the 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 thing that Game of Thrones and Elite has in common mm-hmm. is that in in both the key battles help uh, occur in pitch darkness. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that there's uh, there's um, one member of the cast that's incredibly cute and all the men want to follow her. You talking about Ben again? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew you felt that way, Shan. Well, we all know she wears a blue wig anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> could be worse. It could be Etienne Dawn. <laughs> oh, back to that again. Please let us move on. <laughs> no, we, we we haven't got a souverine today to uh, um, enjoy us saying Etienne Dawn as much as he does. So I think we should move on. Yes. The, the thing is with with the Marlinists going back to the Marlinists, um, they they also bump off another one, so we can have another. Lake Coniston-sized lake of Lavian brandy, because <laughs> the last one was rather superb, I thought. Yeah, so I was waiting for the hangover to kick in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think um, Senator Petraeus must have been um, basically still under the influence when he ordered the martial law to go in, because it is it's it's basically taking a massive sledgehammer to crack a tiny nut, isn't it? This is this is probably you're probably right there. It's probably because his uh, his brain was hurting so much. He was like, "Ah, oh, screw it, let's let's murder them all." 
We can't say there isn't exactly precedent, though, for using sledgehangers to bring nuts. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's he is uh, uh, he is famously heavy-handed. I mean, what was that last one? The the the, the system that owed him a debt, so he basically stomped all over them with his big size twelve boots. What system was that? I don't remember that. that. It was, it was that early one? on. You're not talking I, about I, Lou, I, are you? No, no, no. It was it was. I think it was before Lou. It it was it was basically. It was basically Senator Patrius stomps all over this system because they they owe him some money and he's got tired and so he's going to take control and turn the entire population into slaves or something. Didn't he do something similar with the prison system? Because I remember, I remember a certain Drew Wigar getting quite annoyed when power play was put in, and all of a sudden. The prison system was put under the control of Petraeus for some reason. <laughs> I was a little bit put out by that. I think it was even touched on in the in the premonition novel. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Chris Mark IV, if you could be so kind to actually uh, play the uh, generation ship um, Thetis piece of uh, footage that we've got. Still all quiet out here in the black. Just had her very first ninth gen child born on ship. That takes the current population to 17,401. Other than that, nothing out of the ordinary. Apart from reports from some residents at the northern end of Sea Deck, they've heard some kind of strange whispering sound coming from their apartment comms unit. I'm sure it's nothing, but I've dispatched a member of tech to investigate. We have an emergency situation on board. Some kind of epidemic, it's driving people insane. I've managed to source it to a digital signal that keeps broadcasting within the comms array. It started on C-Deck, but now the entire population of Deck C to F have been massacred. They just went crazy and started killing each other. I've isolated the signal, so it stopped for now. Just trying to identify the source. It should be easy enough to delete the beacon if I can find the right frequency. I want to know what the message says, but I'm... I'm just too scared to listen. I've done it. I've managed to decrypt the signal and identify the source. But it's even more confusing than I thought. The signal originates from an uninhabited planet we passed 15 light years ago. Who sent it and how it managed to infect the comms array, I have no idea. That's the good news. The bad news is... I heard the message. I was trying to run it through the translator and... I forgot the speaker was on. It's the same message relayed again and again and again. It's more a whisper than anything else. It says, kill them all. Blood, blood everywhere. It's spread on the walls. People have started writing words in it, but it's a script I can't identify. I'm alone now on the comms deck. Pearson was the last one with me, but I had to stab him in the throat to stop him. 
stop him. I can't remember what I had to stop him doing, but he's dead now. I can hear people out there. Some of them are still walking around. Some of them are barely breathing. I have to find them. I have to silence them. I have to... I love those videos. They're so good. The, the audio, as ever, Frontier has done such a good job with that. Yeah. As you know, what impresses me is the fact that, you know, all the voice acting uh, for a lot of the stuff is just done by two people. Do we know that? I mean, I know we had that voice actor, um, that voice actor uh, dev diary thing, which was awesome for a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, the, but do we know that they're, they're, they're the only two people? Well, when, when we were at the Frontier Expo, there was just those two guys. The uh, one, well, not guys, obviously, but no, those, one, those... one girl, one guy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, who said that they did all the voice work? Um, obviously, the Kovas are, are different people, yeah. but um, no, I was under the impression that more that nearly all the voice work that we've got so far have been done by by these two these two artists and you know it's it's so impressive that they've got such range voice actors who'd have thunk it yeah yeah very very impressed well moving on from there for the moment um well obviously newsletter 304 came out before we unless you're in the rush to dive on okay i want to actually you know i want to actually go back and you know revisit these um sort of um old Voice acting things and the um, the whole mega ships, right? And it's just they are so good. They are such an investment in assets and in terms of assets and development time. Mm-hmm. Yet for what is essentially a a sightseeing tour, it is. Yeah, I mean, and, oh, go on, Ben, carry on. And I I wonder what things can be done to tie them in to gameplay more whether it's actual gameplay a bit like what we've got at some of the instances where you know let's say you go to one of these sites and it's mm-hmm. um you know hey please help help defend us from these jerks who are trying to you know force us to go and live on a planet instead of on a space station mm-hmm. um or because obviously these are all basically national heritage sites aren't they well, we're not meant to touch them in things. <clears throat> so far, we've only found one where there are still living Anyone's people alive. in it. Y- yeah, that. And that turned into a whole um, interstellar initiative. So far, yeah. apart from that, all the others, they're, they're dead, aren't they? They're dead, Jim. They're yeah. dead or but, basically abandoned. Yeah. But, you know, that could still be turned into gameplay things. And yeah. Well, I just mean, wish we had a. I wish we had a better excuse to to go and visit them for more than just. A, I've seen the sightseeing thing. I've gotten scared, and now I'm going away again. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, um, one of the things I've been doing for Top Shift is I've been going around all the scenarios and trying to log and see see what they trigger. And I must admit, one of the most difficult ones to do is you know the raids that happen around some of the installations. Yeah, and. They could put one of those raids into the uh, around one of these generation ships, 
where you know you've got the I don't know let's just say the National Trust if you like who are there yeah. to preserve the um, the site. Um, the National Trust wants attack. to defend this thing in the name of freedom or something. Or, or in the name of posterity yeah. and, and for historical yeah. record, uh, while the others just want to do an Indiana Jones and, you, and raid it. And you know what would be awesome, actually, about it? would be the National Trust should also fine you if you shoot their ship. You, know, you should get absolute bollocked by the National Trust if you go off and cause damage to their structure. Surely this should be the Intergalactic Trust. Oh, yeah. The Galactic Trust, because we're not intergalactic yet, are we? No. Yeah, the Galactic Trust. The Galactic Trust. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I just think I think it's such a, I just think it's such a shame, and I wish we could do more with them. Yeah, I must admit, with a lot of the stuff that um, uh, that's been put in, you know, like the Inra bases and the Far God cult, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, it suffers Jameson, from the same Jameson's uh, Cobra Mark Three. Yeah, um, all of it suffers from the fact of it's great when you get out there and you discover it for the first time, but. There's no reuse, if you see what I mean, mm-hmm. and and I think um, that's a bit of a shame. I'm not I'm not putting them down because some of the stuff that they've they've done for it has been really good, and really atmospheric. It's just like you said, you just wish that there was, I don't know, some way for it Better to drag you back. Yeah, yeah. So, um, are we moving on to the newsletter now? Well, Eki is suggesting we should have pubs in the megaships. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, they um, need so to by 10. And we wouldn't be allowed to visit them anyway, because they're on the megaships. <laughs> or on the, on the... Can't you dock at some? No, you can't actually dock on any... You can't currently dock, at least, on any structures. That's another thing I really hope we get in Odyssey, is the ability to dock on structures. I, so, I, I, I thought there was some... I thought there was some megaships like Fisher's Rest, which you could dock at. Okay, yeah, there's ships like that, and there's... So there's the, there's that kind of ship. Then you've got the structures like the orange sidewind the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how oh, the right, hell yeah. anyone's meant to get a drink there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the hell you're meant to land there. I know <laughs> our bar has got these fantastic adverts for Olivian brandy all over the place, and you just can fly around it feeling thirsty. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would love these things to actually be dockable with and landable on. And mm. then go and get a drink in the bar. Yes. Well, um, mm-hmm. just quickly touching on on the newsletter because it will be quick. Uh, the yeah, newsletter probably. just effectively um, reiterates what's happened with the Thargoid attack and the Witchhead. Um, it's happy. It goes over Super Cruise News Number Ten, the fight or flight CQC, which um, Commander Barndor was flying around quite a lot. And no, I'm not going to let that one go. Um, we've got the store spotlight, which in this case is the the box, the coffin, the coven of death, the T7, <laughs> and the Diamondback Explorer. Uh, both have these slipstream paint jobs. I mean, I'm sorry, slipstream paint jobs on a T7. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That you would need to be really term, slippery, it? wouldn't it? It would really need to be really slippery, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's that's what I want in my coffin. Go faster, stripes. <laughs> no, because that would imply you're in a hurry to get anything around. <laughs> uh, and of course, we've got uh, they've got a summary of the latest Galnet news, which is up to Thursday, which um, was the witch head, the Marlinist 
refugees fleeing to the Federation. And of course, the problems that President Hudson has, what with his best mate being a re- uh, arrested for treason. So, yes. And um, of course, a lot of uh, other podcasts and uh, streamers who are um, promoting elite dangerous content, including ourselves, apparently. Actually, Colin, I was mm-hmm. thinking about the the best thing to have on your coffin mm-hmm. is a little arrow that says this way up, because you wouldn't really want to be coming back to life facing down, would you? You want to be facing up. I, I didn't realize coming back to life in a coffin was an option, to be honest. That that reminds me of the old joke. It's something like, it goes like something, Abram, uh, what, if Abraham Lincoln was alive today, what would he be doing? Uh, response A is uh, criticizing the incumbent president in his unprecedentedness. Two, uh, working as a university lecturer teaching the history of his presidency. Three, desperately scratching at the inside of his coffin. Yeah. Or I guess you could also, if you're fairly, fairly inventive, you could have a, like a. Um... A rotating coffin, then you really would be spinning in your grave, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think the point is is that you you're not the coffin isn't rotating you you're rotating within the coffin. Yeah, but you're still spinning in your grave. Yeah. That, that actually, I think I should have that installed in mine because that would just uh, solve a lot of problems in advance. Wouldn't wouldn't you <laughs> wouldn't you be a little bit like a roast chicken at Tesco? <laughs> I was going to say rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> or all those kebab things. Yeah, the Donna kebab thing. <laughs> Are you implying that I'm going to be close to some source of some sort of heat? Is that what you say I'm going? Is that what you say where you think I'm going? Somewhere that's hot and I'm on on, on a spit roast, thanks. Oh god, I wish I'd said that. Ben, shut up. <laughs> Dream on, mate. <laughs> oh dear. Roast, but there's no swallow roast. Oh, here we <laughs> oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'd like to apologise to anybody of a nervous disposition. Sound <laughs> like and love, mate. Oh, so, so God, that, that, that dear listener, is how interesting the news test was this week. <laughs> Imagine that <laughs> people walking through the graveyard there. I'm sure I can hear some thumping. <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly thumping coming from the grave. So as I'm constantly rolled round ah, like a tombola, you don't want to win that prize. Like a rotisserie chicken, Colin. You can't try and change the metaphor now. <laughs> ah dear. Well, I think we'll do just take a little bit of a break for the moment, uh, and then we will come back with our uh, main discussion for this evening. If that is okay. Are you thinking of suing over Miss Sol Python Protection Insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. I tried to take my ship commander to court for making fertilizer out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing, and now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watt and Brittany, we take small print very seriously. 
we have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. I wanted a simple, no-win, no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Brittany, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Brittany, we have a saying, if you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't, because we have a massive team of lawyers and you're just someone who works for a living. What and Brittany? Don't even think about it. public service announcement from the fuel rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? And welcome back. Now, it has been a month since the last Dev Diary, so we thought we'd... uh, arrange the good old tinfoil hats, put them on our heads, and try and speculate on what would be coming in the next one. I mean, is there something that you'd like to see them cover in the next Dev Diary? So, just quickly going around the crew, see what their initial thoughts are on this, and we'll see where it leads us. So, um, we'll start with Ben. The, The next one I want to see is about the combined assaults. I really want to see that being played out. Mm-hmm. The next one I think we'll see is actually going to be about suits. Suit. I really hope yeah. before we go live, mm-hmm. I want to see them doing a dev diary on how they did the combined assaults. So is this mainly because you want to actually see someone on multi-crew get into an SRV? I want to, I've got so many questions about it. I want to see what they did, how they did it. Mm-hmm. I want to see, can we, honest to God, do a couple of people in on foot, one person in an SRV and one person in a ship? You know, can we do this? That's what it should be, but I just don't know if we're going to get it. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to get that first. Mm. I mean, are they going to keep the wing? Do you think they'll keep the wing limit to four? So there's only a group of four of you at any one time? Cause... Yes, I think they will. Yeah. I think they'll keep that to four. I would hope, although I don't think they will, but God, I hope they do. They basically combine wings and multi-crew together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could be on my ship, Colin, say Shannon, Chris, Mark Four could be on in your own ships. Chris, Chris can land, Shan can land, that, and they can run off and assault the base, and you can go off and... You can do a uh, like a combat drop either in my SLF or in my SRV. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can yeah. see where you're going with this that. Is, yeah. This is what I want, but who knows if we'll actually get it. Yeah, 
Um, quite understandable. Um, Shan, same question to you. Yeah, I'm just thinking of a different answer than Ben because <laughs> I because I suspect it will be something about the suits, or maybe, yeah, maybe it will be about the Dyson multi tool. Oh, you mean the actual um, uh, the botany stuff on planets? Yeah, the, the scanner and the, basically about the Dyson multi tool, so how it will how it will work. Mm-hmm what sort of functions it has because then that then leads on to other tra- other trailers and dev diaries about the gameplay mechanics behind the day Dyson logical. Yeah. I mean we were assuming that this this is an all in one thing. Um or do you think we'll still have one multi tool uh, which we'd have to put away and get a gun out? Now the guns are set the guns will be separate. Right, okay. I think the scanning device will be the Dyson multi tool. Because we, we know the because we know the guns are separate because in the trailer they show the Dyson multitude and but then they then also show the players with a gun. True, very true. Mac, yeah, I none of the above really is my answer. I want to know about I want to know about more about the uh, planetary generation. I part of this is self interest because I'm pretty sure I will actually be on my journey home on the uh, whatever that Mercury Seven Explorers exploration mission is going to be. Uh, hold on, mm. I'm, on I'm on an expedition. Oh, well, the expedition will be over by the time Odyssey drops, but the expedition is to deliver a a carrier to. Um, the furthest reaches of the galaxy. So it's going to take me a while to get back. Uh, if I just have a look at that, I'm not Mercury's wing. That's, that's what I'm going to be on Mercury's wing. So I'd, I'd like one of those, um, uh, Dr. K videos where we find out about how exactly you know, the, the, the ins and the outs of the procedural generation, what, what kind of new planets we're going to get? Because of the, they're talking about ones with thin atmospheres. I mean, what's the limits of that? Is it going to, you know, how many, is it going to be up to say like a half an atmosphere, a quarter of an atmosphere or what, you know, what, how, you know, what, what kind of new planets are we getting? Um, in that will there be because if you if you notice some of the existing like mars likes i like to call them you know the sort of uh reddish planets with thin atmospheres some of them appear currently to have seas of some sort some sort of black i presumably liquid it might not be it might be like asphalt or something mm. but uh are we gonna uh, the the planetary I, I i presume the planetary services uh for the time being at least for odyssey are going to be solid only we're not going to get oceans of any sort but it'll be interesting to see if we get to you know what what kind of range of planetary surfaces we're going to get uh that kind of thing uh because i will likely start being able to land on these things on my way back um from this expedition on so that's kind of what's that's what's piquing my interest right now is uh, and of course they they, they, they there's all the, the I mean, just just like now with the horizons planets when when you you know people talk about the you know hyperspace being a loading screen i think in reality it's more a calculating screen than a loading screen because when you first jump into a system, it's actually generating it. It's going through the whole, you know, how they all talked about it, you know, the, the things like landable planets it uses, uh, you know, it, it comes up with a model, you know, where, where the orbits will be, what what the 
mineral content will be, et cetera, et cetera. Will they have, and, and you can see if you actually examine, if you go on an expedition, you, you start examining the, these things closely, you'll see there is, you can, you can draw certain conclusions about planets from where their orbits are. And when you get there, you can confirm that you're more likely to get one type of planet over another when you get close to it. And, you know, if the planet's a certain size, it'll have these kind of features, that kind of thing. Um, they talked about basically doing a, a run of, yeah, what kind of tectonic processes will this planet will have had? And it'd be interesting to see if any of that's changed or what the enhancements they've made uh, since Horizons to, to add new planets uh, and the new atmosphere types. You know, what, what kind of variation we're going to get, get with atmospheres? Because I presume there'll be, even though they're thin atmospheres, I presume there'll be some tangible differences uh, between between the various atmospheres. If you, if you, if you look at the... Um, in the system page right now, you'll see there's different compositions. You'll see that you know some of them it's carbon dioxide. You know it's mostly carbon dioxide, like Mars is now, or some of them, uh, you know, like some of the very cold planets may actually be you know have mostly helium atmospheres, that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they've done anything more with the uh, procedural generation for planets will actually be able to fly through the atmospheres of mm. so i'd love to see some of that um that's an right. interesting thought actually because when you say thin atmosphere mm -hmm. it's quite different types of atmosphere i mean we we just sort of instinctively think oh it's thin air you know not much oxygen sort of a bit like it is at 100,000 feet yeah but could it also then be thin ammonia or thin methane yeah because all yeah because all we've seen so far has been blue skies now i have a sneaking suspicion that an ammonia planet won't have a blue sky and will you be able to is that where the supposed thargoid models come in yeah because that's they would, that's where i expect the thargoid models to be on on basically ammonia planets that's um, That's I, wonder, I wonder how gas composition actually because the, the the sky is blue because of a process called Rayleigh scattering which i'd have to something to do with the wavelength of light i'd, I'd have to look it up to remember exactly how the process works but mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to know what other what other compositions other than our familiar 78 percent nitrogen 20 odd percent oxygen actually you know how it affects those kind of processes well, the the only one that I can go on is basically the Viking photos for from the Viking probes that landed on Mars, where you could see a bit of the horizon and you could see that it was basically a a, a light red kind of. That you know that's yeah. false coloring. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, that's false coloring on on those um, Mars. D depending on the light, so Mars apparent Mars's twilight is basically blue. Oh, a Martian sunset is is pretty damn blue, apparently. Um, right now, it does. There is a red tinge to it, but that red is more to do with the uh, the the iron oxide on the planets. Yeah, the not, dust in the atmosphere. Not, it's, you... it's, it's, yeah, it's dust in the atmosphere, but it's not the atmosphere's content, as it were. Mm. Um, so you go and look at some of the stuff, <coughs> not the Viking things, but the more recent probes. Yeah, and there, it's it's like no, that sorry, but that was shot on Earth. You know, they're not on Mars; they're on Earth. They're just in, in the desert in in sort of Arizona or something like that. 
Hang on, have we just gone to a conspiracy theory there without me realizing it? No, we haven't. It just looks like it. You know, it just it's, you just don't you. It does not look like you're on another planet, or as you could believe you weren't. Right. I mean, we have seen in the in the Dev Diary video, we've seen planets with that weren't just blue. I think there was one which was yellow. But then again, that could have been sunset or sunrise, which. Yeah, I'll have to go back over the the, the thing there. Um, Apparently, it's not just Rayleigh scattering. I'm just reading the article right now. Rayleigh, there, there's also something called uh, Raman scattering, which is nothing to do with noodles, um, which which is also involved uh, in the, the incoming light coming from the sun into the Earth's atmosphere. So, yeah, that uh, it'd be nice to have a dev diary on that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. I mean, for me, um, I think I'm with with Ben on this one. Is that I would really like to see how they are managing the the um, the multi crew aspect of this game. Um, I think this, we might as well point out that we were only speculating that in multi crew you'll be able to have a, a a member of your crew in in the SRV. The advent actually confirmed it. But it would be great if they could. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that um, we could we, we can have a kind of I don't know um, point where you can actually rescue stranded commanders out in in the center of a planet. So you could actually fly out to where they are, land in a ship. They can board your ship, and you can be, uh, and they can then become a member of your crew. Uh, and you can then taxi or ferry them about to other places, so that you know you you can do a bit of an apex service yourself. I, I'd like to see that. That would be fun. I'm sure people would like to come for a ride on my ships and be a taxi. I quite fancy being a space Uber. You can, yeah, you do, do you? Yes. Yeah, especially when they ask you uh, to get three tons of of um consumer goods you know just for the fun of it exactly paul archer another vehicle for shan to do good deeds in and rescue standard commanders absolutely yes paul exactly so intergalactic rescue yeah. <laughs> thunderbird 2 <laughs> intergalactic flush him out the airlock i suspect yeah more like chunderbird not thunderbird <laughs> Oh dear. So hang on. So which one are you then, Shan? <laughs> are you Chunderbird one or Chunderbird two? <laughs> we haven't what got what... the, the Thunderbird four was was the satellite, wasn't there? But what was the rescue? No, Thunderbird, Thunderbird four wasn't. Thunderbird five was the satellite. Thunderbird, Thunderbird five four was the little submarine, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't believe we're already talking about Thunderbirds. We can't talk about Thunderbird three because that was rescues in space so that's effectively the, the fuel rats right there <laughs> oh Captain Scarlet I'll be Captain Scarlet <laughs> okay another tangent tangent because Scar- Captain Scarlet never rescued anybody he just blew people up but then that's because they'd already been turned into alien agents I do but believe as, as the program said remember that Captain Scarlet is indestructible and you are not so don't try these things at home <laughs> I completely ignore. Well, that, that's it. Actually, what, what I would do is I, I would get my next neighbour's kid to try them. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't do them. 
No. And then you YouTube it for uh, posterity's sake, don't you? Don't try this. At home. We do this. We do stupid things so you don't have to. Um, I do remember getting one of my, well, our next door neighbour to take a bath in soot because we were playing um, Jungle Explorers and we need a native. <laughs> oh, dear. This was a long time ago. 70, yeah, 19, yeah 70, so 70. it's not exactly politically correct, is it? <laughs> no, no. You got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, you have to remember this is the time when the black and white minstrel show was still on the television and everybody thought it was fine. It's not now. <laughs> I still I remember Gollywog Jam. <laughs> what was that, Ben? I still remember Go- no, it was Gollywog Marmalade, sorry, wasn't it? Uh, Robinson, Robinson. Yeah, I think, it, I think it might have been. Yeah, but it was Gollywog Marmalade is what it was. I remember that. Now this is this is taking quite a yeah uncomfortable turn, isn't we're, it? We're, show, we're showing our age again here, aren't we? Yes, we remember but the time when all that was Prince acceptable. Hmm? Not as much as Prince Philip, though. <laughs> I think he still lives there, to be honest. Anyway, <laughs> I, I know. Bopper PSN, I'm asking exactly the same question. How the heck did we get to this? Uh... <laughs> Live radio, we do stupid stuff so you don't have to. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's everybody and everyone seems to be in either two minds, well, two minds that they would like the either the, the combined forces angle or basically the the new environments which are on the planets but everyone seems to be under the impression that we're probably going to get the suits is is that what you think we're going to get i suspect I th- you're right yeah i think so i mean the suits have just been hinted at as something yeah they've even said we're going we we've got so much stuff to talk about suits we're going to have to do a dev diary on them yeah so they, that's almost word for word at what point um, though do we think because they're going to have to start talking about gameplay at some point in time, aren't they? They well, are. are going to have to get a shift on, to be honest. I mean, it's been a month since the last one. We've only got a couple of months until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm still thinking pretty damn early 2021 for release. And so so are, you, are you still thinking January, Ben? Or do you think they'll go and push it back all the way to the 31st of March? I I would say I would not be surprised if we st- if we had Odyssey in some form mm-hmm. by the end of January. Oh uh, right. What I would what I would like would be a prolonged open beta. Yeah, you know, a bit like you know how we had Gamma. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you know, I would like them to go off and say, "Hey, kids, come and you know, we are so beginning of January." They say, "Hey, kids." Come and buy Elite Dangerous Odyssey. Come and pre-order Elite Dangerous Odyssey. Uh, release date thirty first of March, twenty twenty one. See, rather and than then some, and then hang on, Chan, hang on, hang on, and then sometime after they've said that, a week or so after they've said that, to then say, by the way, anyone who's pre-ordered Elite Dangerous Odyssey, the beta for it starts the end of the month. So, and then we basically we have an ongoing beta or open gamma or whatever you want to call it. 
and you basically you can't bitch about it being shit and everything being broken because it's a gamma. I'm not sure whether I'd like the idea of an open beta or not. I think it depends on the amount of time they allow for the beta and, and at what point in the development cycle we would get it. Because if they say, okay, you've got a month to do the open beta and everyone runs around and they don't tend to test stuff, they just tend to run around and do what they would do anyway. So it's no focus yeah. to it. It's just running around. And if they, if they have a, a month open beta and they only give themselves two weeks for changes, then I'm not sure the benefit of that beta other than... This is why I'd make it a gap. This is why... This is why I'd make it a basically like the gamma, where you know we all know that the gamma was basically the real thing, right? Well, it was, wasn't it? Because they didn't. It, it was. They, yeah, they called wipe. it gamma, but it was it was the real thing, and that's what I want this to be. I want, yeah, you know, it's the real thing. We're all playing it, but we basically we give up our right to bitch that things are broken because officially it says gamma, and if we don't want to play the gamma, we can go and play like Dangerous Horizons. But there has to be. What I'm saying is, uh, are we? So are we saying we will we will rely on Frontier's internal playtesters to make sure the game mechanics match the community expectations? They're not going to give us a. The community is not going to do focus, proper focus testing. You know that's a sad truth. You know, no matter. If Frontier go off and open it up to everyone in the community and say, hey, guys, could y'all please go and test walking into walls and mm -hmm. see if you can find a way to glitch up onto the roof? The community's not going to do that. They're going to go, wee, spaceships, and they can run around and shoot Thargoids. Yay! And that's right. And that's why I'm questioning the value <clears throat> of such an open beta with such a widely expected product i mean you i would hope they'll have a degree of um focus group testing you know when before you market something you you have a a very small focus group don't you you get them into a room and you get them to sign stuff and say have a look at this and tell us what you think yeah i, I would love frontier to go and do something like that i don't know if they will well yeah. i must admit I, I i was a bit annoyed about the last beta Oh, sorry, the last gamma because um, just when just before the game had gone live, um, I, I think I took two weeks off from the game, thinking there was going to be a complete and utter reset. Um, well, because you know, but then yeah. Michael Brooks That's turned what around. What was going to be? Yeah, he, he just sort of went. Ah, actually, no, we're not going to reset everyone back to zero again. Uh, we're just going to let you run with it, and and at that point there, I felt I'd lost lost two weeks. I was two weeks behind everybody else. Uh, <laughs> which oh, I'd already made millions doing rare good runs. <laughs> exactly, That's not surprised me. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, do you think there's going to sort of? I mean, that's what you want, Ben. Do you? Yeah. Do you think that it's feasible? I think I do think we'll either get we'll get I think we're going to get some we're going to get our hands on on Horizons on Odyssey sorry in some form before February. I uh, I think you're right Ben that the big risk is they don't leave themselves any time to fix issues either structurally or gameplay or balance. I mean so, uh, 
at the risk of sounding like I'm criticizing, because we we are we obviously you and I know nothing about Frontier's internal things. Mm-hmm. But I do know from my own you know I know for a fact, you know, my the the product that I work on, we finished coding, it's getting the the next our next release is base is gonna be sometime mid November. Mm-hmm. We finished coding on it sometime in September. We've then been testing it pretty much solidly since then. We've rolled in all our bug fixes and things like that. And it's been localized and we're basically, we could release it today and it's going to be the same thing that gets rolled out to the cloud at the end of November. Um, and we've been test, we've been testing it, including with our customers on development cloud instances for about the past two months. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got a couple, we've got a couple of customers who, you know, as part of their whole negotiating thing, it's like, you know, we'll be a, we'll be a test company customer and you know they get a few thousand quid knocked off the the license basically i mean maybe um, it it might be open that only lep owners will be enough for them to test and honestly then, i think you want to get a group of about 20 odd people lock them in with ndas and say right for the next 5 days you need to try walking in and glitching up roofs well, isn't that what they're testing their QA department supposed to do? Yeah, that's yes, that, that's... that's the kind of thing that the, the you would be able to to. I mean, perhaps yes, that's just a the, bad you've example. You've got the million because... monkey problem. Well, I'm talking about actual kind of. You, you, you know how when we did the crime and punishment changes, mm-hmm. yeah, Frontier thought they'd got it nailed. We had Sandra on the show, and he thought he'd got it nailed. But as soon as people started playing it. They were picking holes in and saying, actually, it needs to work like this to be right. And by that time, there was no time mm-hmm. to fix it. Go back, yeah. Uh, and that's what I'm talking about. You almost need a community involvement that's external to a frontier company who's experienced enough in the game and able to give constructive criticism, but aren't actually any under obligation to be yes people. Yeah. I mean, but one I thing, completely one agree thing with you that. Have Sorry, to- go watch out for with the community though is the community has a million and one opinions for for every idea one part of the community supports another part of the community is vehemently against for instance uh, a simple example the ship transfer times um there was no way of making everybody happy on that if it'd been instant People would still be complaining now that oh this is unrealistic. It means gankers can move their ship. Oh yeah, yeah. And now because because the way the vote went when they put it out to the vote the way it went, it it ends up with the bitterness of the Brexit vote almost. You know, people are saying oh you voted for this. So so, so you end up the, the community pulls in about fifteen different ways at once, and it always will do. So it's great to involve the community, but you've got to be. Somebody has to be there. Somebody, so yeah. somebody has to be an actual game designer and say, "Yeah, that's a nice idea, but you're asking for the moon on a stick." Because the, there's all the stuff that we actually want, and there's the stuff which is actually practical to develop and support at the end of the day. Um, and the, the the community is very good at running away, taking an idea and running with it, and turning it into. The moon on a stick, and then being disappointed when they don't get the moon on a stick. 
Yeah. I mean, that's what the um, focused feedback forums were supposed to do, wasn't they? We would take the people's ideas in a rational way. Well, the DDF, yes, it was supposed no, to. No, not, not the, no, not the DDF. You know, the um, Sandro had the focused feedback forum where he'd ask oh, a question. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't think that process was managed in the optimum way. So people were giving really good reasoned feedback, mostly. Yeah. And but the process of turning that feedback in, as Matt just said, into something that's deliverable, that was where the process fell over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even today, the the argument about open only power play or some form of open only functionality in power play is still raging on the forums. I think the the latest one of these threads is still running at about 700, 800 uh, posts with um, a lot of people. Well, th- this is the, the thing. There does seem to be an awful lot of people there putting in the rows in who don't or are not interested in power play, but they are very adamant that um, it's it's something that should be left alone when most of the people that seem to play power play want some form of open-only play. And, I mean, that was originally kicked off with Sandro's article um, about uh, proposed changes coming from that process that you said, Chan. And, yeah, it's it's it's, it's never-ending. I mean, you are right. You can't keep everyone happy all the time. No. Uh, you, you like to think uh, a, a company reads the feedback they get from their customers and then take that feedback in and then assess it and then make a call whether they, people have got a point or whether they haven't. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that sort of process I would like to see with Odyssey, but give them enough time to make the changes that the community suggests. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be a long testing period so that they could bed it in and then be flexible enough afterwards to make those changes. Well, that's that's right. And I don't, I don't think they're giving themselves that time to do that if it's going to be the next three months. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that, I must admit, that is a concern of it because previously we've seen the same thing happen with the game again and again and again. And it seems as though, even though their internal testing may be more robust this time, there's a, uh, there seems to be a gap in the process somewhere, and I'm just concerned they are not addressing that gap. I mean, it's, it's not my game, not my development, you know, so it's, it's kind of not up to me to, to enforce the issue, but just as an observer and someone who's still passionate about the game the community, it's something, I think, a, a gap I would like to see addressed at some point in time. Well, Commander Tech, uh, uh, Terek Cove has made a very good point. He says, with the uh, Fleet Carry Beta, the instructions from the CMs was to the bulk of the players was that we should carry on and do our thing and see if anything broke. I mean, that makes sense that the, the FDFQA people have done all the structured tests and the community are doing the random stuff that they would never, ever think of trying. They need time, what I'm saying, to correct those. And with fleet carriers, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they gave themselves enough time to sort that out. But anyway, we're not really talking about what the next dev diary should be about, are we? We're talking about the development <laughs> process. No, we're, we're back to talking about the development process 
that we've got before. Um, yeah, I think one thing took it very quickly on this. One thing I think they need, which I suspect they do not have, is automated testing. I used to work on a very large project for a very large government uh, customer, and we we had of a, a GUI system as well. It wasn't it wasn't uh, just back end server stuff. We had an entire lab with dozens of machines just running automatic test scripts, which literally moved the mouse and clicked on things and read the and scraped the screen. And this would be running all the time. You know, it didn't matter whether we're gearing up for a new release or whether between releasing, it was constantly doing regression tests. And it was such a valuable process because everybody thinks, Oh, I want to work for a games company, I'd love to be a games tester. But the reality is it's extremely dull you're told to you're you're told by your boss to if you're a tester to do the same one thing over and over and over and over again and try and break it which is very dull and much more it's much more effective if some of that at least you can automate especially your regression test suite so when you have it because one thing we had is like the regressions we had with engineers at one point um which I think is something they could, which would be hugely suitable for automated testing because it wasn't, if I recall right, it wasn't user interface faults. It was actually back-end faults, which are enormously easier to automate the test because you can you, you, don't, you don't need to try and have something automatically fly a spaceship. And we know it is automatable because people have written bots for Elite Dangerous. You know, perhaps Frontier should get rid of the get get hold of one of the bot writers and say, "Hey, we'll pay you money for your Elite Dangerous bot to turn it into an automated test suite." Right. Um, well, we're going to have to interrupt all yeah. this 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 testing stuff because we have breaking news. I'm going to hand over to Ben. So yeah, we we do indeed have some breaking news. I'm just and the sixth instance of the image has dropped. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a translation of it, and I'm just, I'm working that out just now. I can tell you the binary version of it, so if you, uh, if you want that in binary, I can give you that. Well, actually, or... our chat room has been uh, ahead of us. According to Van Otter, it says, stones, full stop. He keeps watching the stones, full stop. And that's what he claims they've got so far. Um, mm-hmm. There have also been hints that there are still more to come. There is still more to come, so we'll just have to keep on watching that Instagram. Hey, I've worked out. Mick Jagger is still alive in the thirty-third century. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got, I've got a thing for that. It's David Braben. It's, he keeps watching the stones. That's. <laughs> I, I always had him down as more of a Beatles man for some reason. No, he watched David Braden watches the Stones, and that's what it means. Oh, okay. Why have they got some kind of Japanese Zen garden in the back of Frontier Towers? Or are you on about the? Or are you on on about the mixture? Rolling, Rolling Stones. There was only one. But they haven't said Rolling. Rolling's not in there. But but the the Rolling Stones. Yeah, but you call them the Stones. You you just call them the Stones, yeah, don't you? And (laughs) and evidently, uh, it turns out just like the Queen, uh, Mick Jagger turns out to be immortal and is still around in thirty three oh six. This does not surprise me. He's already half plastic. (laughs) Is the only way to kill Mick Jagger to cut his head off? Is it? Did he did he win the gathering? Is that how he's managed to do it? I want to know who Nick Jagger is, but anyway. 
<laughs> oh, oh, you mean the the, the, the gathering of uh, ancient rock stars, you know? So you've got Roger Waters and people like that all. <laughs> all hacking away at themselves with swords, all around, all around a little, um, a little miniature model of Stonehenge. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, let's put all the the silly stuff together at once. Ah, uh, dear. Anyway, um, I think we're going to be moving on from there to uh, the community corner now. Uh, the first thing that we should uh, mention is that there is a new expedition happening. Space. Adapt, adaptation, the search for life expedition. Um, and there's a lot of life in the universe from tiny microorganisms to complex fusion and a symbiosis of viable organisms. It's a wonder how all this exists in the universe around us. To experience the phenomenon firsthand, the expedition space adaption, the search for life, will visit all manner of life forms out there in the dangerous void relatively close to the bubble. Join a group of like-minded explorers and admire 11 different alien life forms, including objects created by them, and append these exciting new discoveries to your codex. The expedition route has been optimized to enable more than 20 codex entries to be collected by visiting only seven different systems within 15,000 light-years of Sol. Um, I must admit, I've got to say this. When I was watching Drew Wegar's um, uh, stream the other night, he refers to a thousand light years as a Kylie. Yeah. Is, I mean, is that, yeah. that? That's that's the thing. That's that is a, that is a thing. Yes, yes. It is. A, right. million, a million, light light. Years, million light years. Million light years is a Miley. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, oh. Does anyone else actually just find it more flabbergasting that Colin was talking about new discoveries? Nudist coveries? <sighs> oh, oh my God, Ben! Just is that, is that to go along with the um, ship after the code Mark Three? Yeah, yes. yeah, that's yeah. Anyway, I I will continue. There are seven different systems within fifteen Kylies from Sol. For the enthusiasm, for the, the enthusiasm <laughs> for the enthusiast, there's a modified route which includes 20 further systems containing an extra 20 variations of these life forms. As a souvenir of your expedition, we aim to take group photographs of each phenomena and collate them into a visual library of the trip. This expedition presents a unique opportunity for you and your fellow explorers to study, with relative ease and speed, a significant section of life in our own universe. If you wish to join us, uh, please follow these steps. In other words, sign up to the expedition on EDSM. So if you go to EDSM, look up Space Adaptation, you will find where they're headed to. <laughs> Are you either anybody thinking of signing up for that one? Not me because I'm already booked for an expedition. So yeah. I'm I'm pretty much booked. It's I like it because it's all pretty local, so you can dot in and out and get it. But well, I'm well, kind of in the middle of everything else at the moment. Yeah. One thing they have said is that um, they they haven't said when it starts. So I guess. I guess that those oh, regions... I believe it, it uh, started already. I believe. Oh, is it? Talking to the guy, or it's. Oh, right. I think it's already. It's already started. Um, All right. So you'll have to look up EDSM to find out where they're yeah. at at the moment and catch up. Right. Uh, it's it's only started. I think it might start Saturday or Sunday. So it's only just started. All right. So you, people should be able to catch up with them. Yeah. It's not as if you have to fly it to the Fordham Rift. 
Oh, no. What? Shrike is saying it starts on Saturday. <laughs> oh, is it starting this Saturday? Okay, I was under... Or maybe he meant it started on Saturday, but I was under the impression that by this this time, it had already started, technically. But Shrike is saying Saturday, so maybe they pushed it back a week to, to let people know about it. As far as, far as um, the Rolling Stones is concerned, people are saying... Um, that's uh, Beetlejude is, is saying um, Keith would be a head in a jar a la The Simpsons. Well, actually, mm. it's Futurama. Futurama, that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that's how Mick Jagger is surviving in the future because his head's in a jar. So do you think David Braven's head would be in a jar? Of course. So who would he have next to him? <laughs> There's only one person really who could be next to him, isn't there? Well, not not Ian Bell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh, considering so how, cool. yeah, considering how the those two uh, are n- just don't get on. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be some form of hell, wouldn't it? It kind of would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of. Mm. <laughs> anyway, moving moving on from that. Um, we have to congratulate Commander uh, Thamara, who has managed to circumvent the galaxy in his fleet carrier, uh, the FC Nanchi. And that's, that's what I'm guessing. Um, we're going to put a link to his uh, exploits, which can be found on uh, Reddit. We'll put a link into that in, in the show notes. Uh, and talking of Reddit, Chief Head Honcho over there, Stuart GT, is running a competition for new ship skins to celebrate the rolling up or rolling in of um, of Horizons into, uh, into the main game. So again, we will put a link in the show notes for a uh, uh, link into that. Um, right. Guys, do we? Does anybody have a question that you'd like the community to answer? No, we can always see if the community wants to, has any feelings as to what we're going to actually get in a dev diary, or indeed when we're going to get Odyssey or some kind of some kind of beta for it. Yeah. Yes. If oh, here's here's a question then maybe. Okay then. Um, if there was to be a beta for Odyssey. Mm-hmm. What sort of beta would you want it to be? Right, okay. Including so. a private beta that you don't get invited to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I w- I'll put that in the show notes and we'll send it out via our uh, our social media. If there is going to be a beta, what kind of beta would you prefer? <laughs> yeah. Um, right, I'm going to move on to any other business. Has anybody got any other business they'd like to just quickly bring up? I think we've rolled up uh, any other business into the entire show. <laughs> it has uh, felt that way. Yes, I mean, well, my my little bit is, according to the Steam charts, uh, Star Wars Squadrons has now dropped under the same under the level that Elite Dangerous has. So um, I think uh, interest in that game is waning, unfortunately. It does seem that now people are getting used to the multiplayer modes. It seems that turreting, which means you can switch uh, off a ship's engines and just rotate in place, has has begun to ruin the multiplayer game, and people are beginning to leave the game in droves because of it. Am I right in thinking the developers of um, Star Wars have said we're not actually updating the game other than bug fixes? Yeah, that's it. 
that that's what they've said. Uh, um, not like a bug to me. Well, hang on. They're, 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 they are doing something, which I'm sure Ben would like to talk about. So Yeah, they are indeed doing something, and corresponding with the upcoming release of Mandalorian, we now can get Baby Yoda in our cockpits. Or was it BB-31 or something like that? Or the the the, um, the assassin droid. And oh, IG-88 IG, yeah. There's a couple of um, holograms and things like that as well. Yeah, but as far as new gameplay modes or setting up custom matches, which ironically is, is the kind of thing we've been asking for CQC since it came out, um, they say that no, they're not going to do anything like that. There's not going to be any expansion to the um, to the single player campaign, and there's not going to be any more scenarios. So basically, you've got a chase or choice of five v five deathmatch or uh, the fleet battle mode, and that's your lot. I mean, yeah, and, uh, well, that's I, why they was that was why it was a cheap game comparatively, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they've said that they're not going to be working on any, any DLC. They just said, nope, that's your lot. You know, um, uh, we're not even going to give you microtransactions. Everything that's in the game, you have to earn through gameplay, which, you know, but anything you can earn basically is all balanced out, which is very similar to CQC, because even if you've got a top-level ship in CQC, you, you still get blown away quite often by other people. Even new starters can uh, can shoot you down quite easily in, in CQC, with the exception if your name is Stephen Benedetti. Someone's going to find themselves back to a Sidewinder next week, can't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to phone my account. Oh, what's this? Sidewinder? <sighs> ah, dear. Anyway, moving on from Star Wars Squadrons. Um, oh, Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed by 21 days to the 10th of December. This is the first I've actually heard about this. Um, apparently, the too long didn't read is testing on all platforms is hard. <laughs> I thought it would already gone gold. A day one patch. Are they testing for a day one patch? Well, it, I don't think it's such a thing as going gold, is it, with digital releases? Yeah, I know, but they still use the phrase going gold, don't they? It's supposed to be. That's supposed to be it. That's the cutoff point for the first version. How are you supposed to tell, Colin? Would you like the non-TLDR version? <laughs> How long is the long not? Uh, it can be. It's basically a, a paragraph and a bit. Okay then. Uh, ben. The biggest. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time. This requires us to prepare and test nine versions of uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Xbox One, sorry, Xbox One slash X, mm. compatibility on the Xbox Series S, X, PlayStation 4 slash PlayStation 4 Pro, compatibility with PlayStation 5, PC, and Stadia. Uh, all oh, it's coming from out home. Stadia as well. It is. Oh. All what's working from home. Since Cyberpunk 2077 evolved towards almost being a next-gen title somewhere, al- uh, somewhere along the way, we need to make sure that everything works well and every version runs smoothly. We're aware it might seem unrealistic when someone says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. Some of you might also be wondering what these mean in light of us saying we achieved Gold Masters some time ago. Passing, passing, sort of, bleh, 
passing certification or going gold means the game is ready, can be completed, and has all content on it. But it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raising the quality bar. <clears throat> on the contrary, this is the time when many improvements are being made, which will then be distributed via a day zero patch. This is the time period that we undercalculated. Right. And then the rest of it's the rest of it's blur. Well, um, I, we have just been informed by Stuart GT, who has joined us in the chat, is that the competition that I, I, I uh, discussed actually ended many hours ago. So uh, apologies, <laughs> apologies for that. But uh, Live do... radio, up to date as usual. <laughs> up to date as usual. And uh, apparently Bopper PSN is enjoying the way that I'm making an effort at at least trying to pronounce things. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I, it's I, all I part of the natural Stadia charm. Was... Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are saying that Stadia is dead, but it's not quite dead yet. No, no, it's, it's at the moment it's it's on the cut. I'm saying, not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. No, I'm getting better. <laughs> Actually, in it's been a PS5. I was watching a couple of unboxing videos today. I didn't realise just how physically big the console is. Oh right. Ha have Enormous. you seen? Have you seen a teardown video of it, though, Shan? I haven't, no, but. Uh... It is 90% fans and cooling. Oh, my goodness. You know, the actual card is tiny. You know, the actual thing that I would call this is the PlayStation 5 was about the size of a Japanese guy's hand. Everything else is it, air, was... is it air cooled or do they have like the um, it's, it's looks like it's all air, It looks like it's air cooling. Um, you know, the, there's basically it's surrounded by fans. And then obviously you've got the physical media in there as well. So surely uh, that's going to get like pretty noisy, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, when, it, when it's under a TV for a while and the dust collects, it's going to get really yep. Yep. noisy, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> right, especially well. when the bearings start giving out and the fans. But I <laughs> I, I recently, one of my uh, uh, retro finds recently was some old uh, Sun servers they were chucking out at work. Which I love actually, Solaris machines. They had they had an uptime of almost twenty years. They're running this piece of equipment. Uh, well, one of them was the other one. The power supply kept failing with, and eventually, anyway, this this piece of equipment's gone now. And and I got the old Sun servers, but I took them apart, and the quantity it was unbelievable the amount of dust that had accumulated over almost twenty years in there. I mean, it was just I I stripped the machines. I spent probably a whole day getting dust out of these um enterprise and then you spent about a week out of it out of getting it out of your room yeah, <laughs> it um, was, yeah i think the was... only thing that's nicer than sun servers is next step machines especially their cubes yeah the, the like the stuff that tim berners lee developed, developed the world wide yeah. web on yeah i've, I've yeah. only seen one of those in the flesh so to speak and yeah, the industrial design. I, I mean, it was it was a you know, the typical Jobsian type industrial design. You know, glorious so. guys. And I, I I know you were mentioning stuff about the uh, PlayStation Five, yes. but I I just been shocked. I thought this was a joke, but it, it's true. Atari have just launched a console, the VCS, which is a new version of the classic VCS with the <laughs> fake wood as well. With you can ha you can have it in fake wood if you want. I, according to this, I actually and, met 
Nolan Bushnell once, who was the guy who started Atari, and he's still a big gamer. Actually, his his phone he had an iPhone, and it was absolutely full of games. He he was still really enthusiastic about video games. It was it was quite nice to meet this, you know, because he's 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 quite you know he's well he's old than us, so he's you know he's he's not exactly young, but he's still he's still he's still very much into it and very yeah. much follows what's going on in the gaming industry today and it was it was it was it was, it was very entertaining to to meet and talk to the guy so yeah apparently this this console's got a, an amd riser cpu it's got a radian a radian in it eight gig eight gig of ram which is expandable and it can pump out ga- games in uh, 4k as well so um yeah that's come out of um, nowhere <laughs> well bitstorm made a good point actually and it's something I had forgotten about is the it, the fan is big, so therefore it can shift an awful lot of air at low rotation speed. So in theory, it should be quiet. I love the winter mute. A Norwegian blue has more life than Stadia. I think I don't think we I think I don't think we should be mean. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah, it it so does. Who's getting a PlayStation Five then or an Xbox X? Has anyone got one on order? Can't afford it. No. I've already got a better machine. I have never owned a console. I've always owned computers for gaming, right from the very start. PC Master Race, then. Yeah. PC Master Race. <laughs> well, I spent out on my 3080, so I'm not getting anything. No, I, I know that um, somebody in our household has been dropping hints that he would like an upgrade to the Xbox that he's got, but at the moment... So you're going to get him a PlayStation, maybe? (laughs) I'm a a netbook or Chromebook. (laughs) Oh, that's just cruel. Um, That's just cruel. And I'm taking... You like it. But it's funny. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm fairly proud. My my son is starting to get into at least the the hardware building side of PC gaming. mm. Uh, He hasn't actually... he's He's not really done any of the actual gaming side of it. But he's certainly into. I want to try and build my own PC and things like that. Yeah, that's always well, the fun thing. You build your own PC. You spent all this money. You've plugged it all together. You've hoped God you've actually wired everything up correctly. You plug it all in. You turn it on, and nothing happens. And you get this oh, horrible yeah. sinking feeling. No. Beep. And then you re- then you realize you just you, you plugged the yeah the the IEC catalog lead in, but you forgot to plug it into the mains. <laughs> I think yeah. we've all been there. Yes, all been there. Right in in the final bit of community, any other business kind of thing. Um, friend of the show, the Twitch streamer, hello, it's Colo, has been nominated for a Golden Joystick Award. In other words, best streamer. So, if you wish to support uh, an elite, dangerous streamer, but she does do other things as well, um, we'll give you a link. In the show notes, remember hashtag vote ginger. <laughs> um, yes, she's absolutely completely bowled over that someone has nominated that she's got as far as this this thing. She wasn't expecting it at all, and then someone said, "Do you know you're nominated?" <laughs> and she had one of her her classic freakouts over it, which was which was very amusing to watch. So, <laughs> yes, she probably asked the same question three times. Did I? <laughs> Really, have I? <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the natural charm, isn't it? 
Remember, yeah. hashtag vote ginger. <laughs> so, um, shout outs to our um, associates. Um, our sister channel uh, station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at um, 8.30 GMT. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, at radioforthemug.com. Uh, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC, All one word. Um, also following this, I do believe we have a Galnet News Digest as provided by the most excellent Commander Wotherspoon. Is that opposed to the mediocre Commander Wotherspoon? Um, well... Uh, I'm not going to say anything like that. Otherwise, I'll find myself as some kind of guest expose on on it, and I don't, I, I don't want. Yes, don't he want he, dis- he, he, dis- he discovered about the my uh, imperial sex dungeon on my fleet carrier, which was <laughs> anyway. Well, I, th- I thought that was they came as standard on imperial <laughs> carriers. <laughs> 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 I thought that that was standard issue. Anyway, we'd just like to thank everybody who's so have you in. called your sorry, have you called your fleet carrier the Max Mosley then? No, no, it's called uh, the Alan Matheson Turing. Uh, okay, the, the computer scientist. Yes, yes, I was trying to wonder what the link to the sex engine was, but anyway. Oh no, it was, it was something that it was something on Galnet on Wotherspoon's Galnet News uh a couple of months ago. Uh, it was to do with a I oh yeah, there was there was some East India company thing we're doing uh and it was about the good looking the, the better looking imperial slaves or something. I I I claim ignorance. But okay. Uh, moving swiftly on, I, I have do have one little bit of community news. Okay. Week Wednesday, uh, next Sagittarius Eye podcast is out, uh, where we cover the Carcosa War, which is, I believe, still going on. There's still rumblings on in Colonia about that. We cover the Banana Nebula Expedition, uh, the eight-wheel drive championship, and part two of Spokes of the Wheel, which is about the the shenanigans of the Dark Wheel. Oh, it's funny. We haven't had a, a Dark Wheel update this week. So, um, yes, we have. We'll... Look in the show. Look in the Discord chat. Oh, the Discord chat. Well, that's probably because I've been looking in the show notes. Uh dear. Well, anyway, we will we'll come back to that at a later point because um, well, time well, is. You're going to make me look us. for it then. Right, the Dark Wheel is an expansion with three more systems prepped to expand at Pogo Enix Defire. Pogo Enix Defire, apparently. Oh. Uh, I'm assuming that's Phoenix Defire, just with a typo in it. So yeah, Dark Wheel is in, in expansion, three more systems. Kai, if you can tell us how you're looking at heading into Lave again. How's Is that looking good, or is that looking like it's going to be skipping? I don't know. I like prefer the... 30 seconds. I prefer the the uh, Pogo Defire bit. I think that's a great, you know, for Colin. <laughs> Pogo I love Defire. the idea of Pogo Defire. <laughs> I do, yeah. And Pogo's the monkey from Umbrella Academy as well, isn't he? Oh, thanks. <laughs> this just gets better. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. I mean, the guys, 
<laughs> sign of is always they go, oh look, penis to fire has turned up in the in the chat, which I, th- I thought was always welcoming. Well, Pergo wow. penis okay. to fire. <laughs> <sighs> I think we've, we've lost Kai, so I'm assuming we don't care about Lave. Well, they don't care about Lave. They may make him in. Who knows? I believe that they're right. still trying to get in, but they had problems last time. Okay, well, with on that bombshell, I think we'll say that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. And you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. It is shared with the hunting truckers, so bring your own air freshener. Um, do get in touch with if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday in the evening at 8.30 GMT and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live and also on YouTube and also on Facebook. So thanks to Mac, thanks to Shan, and thanks to Ben, and special thanks to uh, today's tech specialist, Chris Markfall. So until next time, Commanders, fly safe. Uh, but if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Digest, 27th of October, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, neo-moralists attack while moralists flee. Thargoids gone for good. Expanding sideways. Watching the stones. Neo-moralists attack while moralists flee. (laughs) 
Following the start of the clampdown on Marlinists in the Empire, hundreds of thousands of refugees are reported to have fled to federal space. None at all have arrived in the Alliance so far, but Prime Minister Edmund Mahan remains hopeful that some may head his way soon. Far from being happy that all these Republican troublemakers have left the Empire, the Imperial Internal Security Service has asked the Federation to send them all back, something that President Zachary Hudson would have been happy to comply with had his proposal not been rejected by Congress. The Federation has now committed to housing and feeding all the refugees, but it's looking like delays in mobilising supplies may result in famine, disease or insurrection in at least some of the systems that are attempting to host the refugees. LTT-1935 and HIP-36081 seem to be most at risk of suffering infrastructure failure. President Hudson suffered the defeat at least partly because of a falling approval rating after he failed to condemn close friend Admiral Vincent over the sabotage of Starship One. Were an election due this year, there is little doubt that Hudson would lose, and the Liberal Party, led by Jasmina Halsey, would be restored to power. Meanwhile, the neo-Marlinist terror group, the NMLA, has committed another atrocity, attempting to kill Hadrian Janssen, the grandson of Emperor Hengist. Janssen, who now calls himself Hadrian Duval and leads a political organisation known as Nova Imperium, is an enemy of the current emperor, having attempted to depose her towards the end of 3304. Hadrian is believed to be in a critical but stable condition. It's unclear at this stage whether Senator Denton Petraeus, who is waging the war against the Marlinists in general and Neo-Marlinists in particular, will welcome this assassination attempt. A number of Imperial systems remain in lockdown while the IISS investigates. Thargoids gone for good. The highly effective Alliance repulsion of Thargoids from the Witchhead Nebula may mean that we've seen the last of the aliens. The Alliance Expeditionary Pact is confident that all the systems in the Witchhead sector have been secured, and the technology broker at Bray Landing in Yuanjia has continued selling technology at a discount, possibly because he feels that anti-Thargoid weapons won't be much good now that the Thargoids will never be seen again. The battle was a last hurrah for the Anti-Xeno Initiative, who can now safely shut down operations and return to base. Expanding Sideways The Horizons permit has finally been granted to all commanders, making planetary landings on airless planets, driving in SRV, visiting Guardian sites, and the whole multi-crew and hollow-me thing available to everyone. To celebrate the granting of the Universal Permit, the Pilots' Federation asked the Brewer Corporation to turn off the code that allows fleet carriers to jump for a couple of hours today to encourage commanders to get out and visit some planets. For now, the option to launch without the ability to land on planets remains, but with a massive maintenance update due on Thursday, some of these loose ends may well be tidied up. So, if you want to be denied permission to land on airless planets, take your chance when you still have the option. Watching the Stones The galaxy has gone crazy about a teaser message that's been leaking out little by little, taking the form of a grid of binary characters. It remains incomplete, but it seems to be talking about someone who keeps watching the stones. 
and it may be something to do with a picture of a planet in LAWD 26, where there's an Acellus starport called Stone's Legacy. In unrelated news, the Pilots' Federation has released a selection of limited-time bobbleheads and cockpit light strings to appeal to commanders who are Satanists. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. 